One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Star Wars. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi. With me this week is my, as always, fantastic co-host, uh, Joe Perez. And I'm going to introduce our special guest because uh, for a long time, y'all thought he and I were physically fused, which wasn't the case, but it was. I guess it was nice. I mean, you, you liked us or something? Uh, Matt McCurley. Matt, say hello to the people who have not heard you in a long time. Oh, hi, everybody. Yeah. Um, Hi. Hello. No idea what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> we. So we didn't do. We didn't prep for it at all. We just like we're bringing McCurley on. That should be enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I well, I got. I got to start. I got to start with my own. My own intro, which is Akama Gosh from. <laughs> and we're already getting it in the chat. People are. People are already oh, typing it out. Oh, Akama Gosh chat. It was. It is not a long. It's time. been a while. Yeah. Do you know I had to? Do you know I had to go? I had to go look it up before. The show. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I had to go look up my own stupid <laughs> Dude, Come on. It's been how many years? Oh, too man. long. Way too Back, long. The last time we did a show together, I believe that the president of the United States was a sane human being. The last time Matt and Matt McCurley and I did anything together was the very last BlizzCon party at the Annabella when we ran trivia. Oh, MC. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That was the last time you and I had done anything together. Also, I got to say this, it's really disappointing that we hadn't been talking for the past four years because I was in Southern California last year. Oh, were you like for the four? Like I went to the last BlizzCon. Oh, did you? Yeah. See, my um, first BlizzCon. Right. Uh, Did you go to did you go to Disneyland at all? Oh, no, because the last time I lived in California, I went to Disneyland with my friend Dougal and he had a seizure in the parking lot. Oh, so I have never gone back. Why do you, you have a bad story about every amazing fun place? I yeah, I do. <laughs> I no, just I, I lived like, in California for several years. I I'd been to Disneyland kinda, before that, but oh my God. the last time I went, yeah, he he had a seizure and we had to get him to yeah. the hospital. And he was from out of out of the country. He's from Scotland. 
and they were like, you know, I don't, how are we going to treat him? You know, he, he did, you know, he didn't have any health insurance in the United States. So it was oh, all of course. a magical thing. But yeah. then gets- that's how we make, that's how we make all our money, by the way. We, we invite you in, we get you sick and then, ha ha, I gotta, gotta, gotta get you money. Yeah. I mean, I that's, that's sadly not wrong. <laughs> I didn't have anything like that happen when, during my trip. I was actually healthy the whole time. But what did happen was uh, apparently an escaped mental patient who looked a lot like me uh, oh. <laughs> my view. So oh my the, cop, the cop stopped me and like pulled me over and made me prove I wasn't in fact that guy. Oh, I didn't huh. hear this. I didn't hear this story. <laughs> I I tweeted it. I not only did I tweet about it, I put it on the on the website. It's oh my on god! The, my recaps, yeah. They were like, you know, asking me questions, and I showed them my passport, and they're like, "Well, he's probably not the guy." And like, have you seen anybody? I'm like, I did see a guy who looked a lot like me, actually. Yeah, why? And they were like, you know, that good dude's an escape mental patient. I was like, oh, that explains it, because my hotel, my hotel was the was one of those business hotels that that right. Blizzard uses, because th- that's a nice one. one to get into. Yeah, it was really nice. I actually really loved that. Yeah. Hotel. But it was surrounded by all these like hospital things. It was in the middle of nowhere. Oh. That's so weird. When I interviewed for Riot years ago, they put me up in a similar hospital, uh, similar like hotel that was like right around a whole bunch of like hospital areas. That's where they put those oh, things. Wait. They put you. They put you in the uh, in the what's it called? Um, you went to the uh, thing on uh, there was oh what's the place? It's like it's like a Holiday Inn on Seventeenth and Santa Monica. Or yeah, and then there's like a medical campus like a block away, and like it's it's weird. Yeah. Oh, you see, UCLA, that's like part of the UCLA medical campus, too. Yeah. But yeah, mine wasn't there. Mine was the one that was very close to the Blizzard campus. It was like maybe four blocks from it. But, I think I've been to that hospital complex when I um, I think blood was coming out of somewhere that it shouldn't have. <laughs> that's usually, <laughs> and I went there. That's usually a good reason to go to a hospital. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, and, it, and, it, and I couldn't stop it on my own. <laughs> Which is, of course, you know, the case with a lot of bleeding, really, unfortunately. Well, but let's step. try to plug the hole. Since this is a show that is at least theoretically about Blizzard Entertainment and its games, I will have to ask you, have you been playing anything Blizzard puts out? Yes. What? Hearthstone Battlegrounds. That's great, because I haven't been playing Hearthstone. You could actually talk about that. <laughs> no, I can't, because I'm not good. <laughs> good. Come on. You think, I'm... Dude, I've started going... <laughs> four years ago i'm learning i'm learning i like so it's it's less that i'm I'm trying to i'm trying to expand my horizons in terms of um of games in genres that are that are a little bit different right like so i'm a big fan of the auto chess stuff and i really like tft and so i wanted to try battlegrounds because everyone's like it's tft but with garage he's there and i'm like yay and he's not that's sad. I should send you, you a garage. Like a, you have like a campaign thing? Like I thought there was he's a whole. Not in this, no, he's not in this set. I want to play Battlegrounds. I want to play the TFT version. I want to play the auto chess game, the fun like random like throw together a thing. You don't have to buy decks and stuff. So like, I don't not want to play the card game. I don't want to play the real game. I want to play the the fake fun <laughs> dumb mode. <laughs> and it's like, and then I'm like, just just let me have garage in the dumb mode, and they won't let me have them. Well. I mean, I think there should always be more garage. Personally, just throwing it out there. I'm looking. I'm looking here at the. At, I'm like at my Blizzard launcher, and I'm like, what if I played recently? And it's like the thing is like so. World of Warcraft. I'm, I was very much tempted to come back to for a little while because, um, like someone told me, and I would love to know if you guys uh, 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 have an opinion on this statement. Okay. That this expansion, uh, the most recent, what is it? Uh, the most one was called After Aftermath. Shadowlands. Shadow Shadow Town. Okay. Yeah. The Shadow ones. <laughs> Um, Shadow Town. Yep, I'll go with it. 
did Shadow, did Shadow Town? Um, it feels like the first time Blizzard's able to really like add something completely, utterly new to the canon and get away from a lot of the like. We, Azeroth is a story, and now we can kind of like it. It feels very much like a Mandalorianing to Warcraft, where it's like, it, all right, so you've played Warcraft for a really long time, you get the aesthetic, you get the gist of things. Now we're going to take all of you and and give you something not not totally new in the sense of like you know this is a completely new Warcraft, but. We're going to do adventures in Warcraft land now, it, rather than uh, here comes Thrall again. So it's funny you you you, you bring that up because we literally just did a lore watch all about that specific thing. <laughs> oh, so go listen to the Basically, podcast. Then. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm self plugging because I'm going to self plug. Well, let me let me say yeah. this much about what you're talking about. Um, I think it's fair to say that what we've got with Shadowlands is. You were talking before about how Star Wars started off as kind of a Greek thing, and then it seems yeah. to be more influenced by biblical storytelling at this point. I think this is the opposite, in that Warcraft started off very much as like, you know, you you actually... Started, oh, its roots, its roots were in Catholicism. Like, it were, the original yeah. Warcraft's roots were very much like Catholicism. Like, to the point where you were like, you know, if you were playing in Warcraft, the original Warcraft, you're... you're yeah higher up units prayed to god yep just straight yeah, literal up god. clerics literal healers yeah. literal yeah. priests and but priests and paladins this is the first this is the t the first time that i've seen a game so much embrace the concept of the pagan idea of where you went when you died i like, like it and it's okay. very much i've been playing assassin's creed valhalla a lot at the same time yeah. so I, I mean looking at that you know oh. historical perspective and i've been playing hades people, like crazy because you know where people hades. really thought you know when you uh, i was reading a book called the ancient celts uh with talking about celtic burials and one of the yeah. points they made was that people were buried with all this stuff yeah like one guy was buried with a cauldron of mead because in like right. thir 35 gold banded drinking horns because right. he thought he was going to have a major rager when he got it, over to wherever you went when you died well, yeah he got those he collected look these are my things just like uh and what's he, his face the new new heimdall in uh thor ragnarok right he's like look at my stuff right like, yeah that's what you wanted you and, died and, and you took your Cool, cool collection the, with you. The interesting thing is, like, some of that even survives today, and I didn't get a chance to talk about this too much on Sunday, which I really wanted to, but that's one of the things I actually really like about this, uh, coming from a, you know, mixed background where part of my family is Puerto Rican. One of the things we do when somebody dies, it is a tradition to, uh, it's not the same thing as, like, a Mexican, uh, a Mexican ofrenda, um, but you gather the stuff that they loved and the people that they loved and you light a candle to basically send images of that smoke to them in the afterlife to carry the voices yeah. of, of the still living, to carry the, the items to them, to show them that you still think about them. And you're supposed to, uh, there's this idea of letting the candle go for seven days so that they can transition into their new life in the afterlife. And it's such a phenomenal concept. Uh, so that when you were talking about the Celtic yeah, stuff, it's like taking that and basically yeah. making it, it's just like the subtext is that when you die, you just leave of this world and go to another one. Shadowlands is just literally saying, okay, here's a big door. You know, we ripped a hole in the sky. Now go to the place that's on the other side of them. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. Um, I like it. I will say, however, that it's very, if you've been playing WoW for a long time, sometimes it's really like, can I go back to a place where people aren't dead? <laughs> I'm spending a lot of time with everybody being dead. So that's my, I guess that's my big thing is like, okay, for, for, you know, cause again, like you have to, you have to like, 
leave a little bit of logic at the door when you're playing the world oh, of, of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, it's like, you're leaving a lot. Uh, yeah, right. I usually have a poor reaction to things where you go to the afterlife and meet who's like caretaking the afterlife because my my ultimate like question is, all right, so then where do you go from here? Right. Because like you can't just exist forever here. And that's right? sort of interesting like, because they, they kind of uh, they're trying to address that in a certain capacity. Right. Like the, for one thing, the play, it's like we go into the afterlife and it's all gone to crap. It's like welcome to the afterlife. It's broken and doesn't work. <laughs> okay, cool. Shut up. That's that's the starter. And secondly, but then that because they, they like have but then people like, dying. The people die in the land of the dead, and I've been saying this from the beginning. Does that right. send you to a, like worse dead land? Is that's there, my like, question. Like entropy, right? Like entropy and energy all can break down to a final form, right? Like you go like the big bangs or whatever it did, all all at all at once, just you know, uh, uh, expanded everywhere at once, and and ex- you know, compressed and expands a ton of energy everywhere. That energy eventually collapses and and loses its state and can all melt down to the one thing. Is it just that? afterlife energy is then making it is just another transitory period that's towards actually, like literally towards that's universal the entire death shit. that's pretty okay much, it's okay basically they're trying to gather up as much of the energy of dead living people as possible to use to feed their dead ecologies like without that's kind of cool without people constantly dying and flooding these these realms with life energy they start to wither and die and you're seeing that too it's a messed up expansion it just from I a pure of, oh, all right i really kind of like this wow yeah, okay i'll try that if you have been staying away from world of warcraft because the past couple of these like let's say battle for azeroth wasn't really <laughs> their liking because Le- i know you liked legion um I oh, think, I love Legion. Legion is Legion is is next to Mr. Pandaria and the Burning is, Crusade for me. This is pretty much the best departure WoW's ever done. Yeah, I would agree. They finally, they finally have said, okay, we're not going to do a retread. We're not going to do Legion. For all that I liked Legion, Legion was basically let's do Burning Crusade again. Uh, Mr. Pandaria was like, you liked it when we went to other continents, so here's a new continent. This also, is let's let's mess with your. Oh no, I, there's a lot I liked about Mr. Pandaria, but. This is the first expansion they've done in a very long time where it's like, remember nothing because none of this is going to remind you of anything. Right. This, this is, is not going to be, yeah, this stuff. is not going to be what you've seen before. Uh, so, uh, in a way, The Mandalorian, I think it's a bad comparison because The Mandalorian felt an awful lot like a greatest hits parade. But, and that's not a, that's not a criticism. It's just, you know, when Boba Fett and Ahsoka Tano start showing up, okay. You but, know? but, but moving this time, you, I don't know who the Primus is, but. That guy's weird. The the um, interesting thing though is like going back to what what Matt was saying on or McCurley was saying on the I'm gonna have to do that just to differentiate between you two for those that are listening at home. Uh, but what you were saying uh-huh. on the aha, uh-huh. uh, but what you were saying on the uh, the pre-show it does sort of apply here. It's almost like they're kind of kickstarting the greater cosmology and moving away from just the pantheon because like one of the things we talked about in you know for years and years and years is that when it moved away from catholicism and wow it moved towards uh basically the titans as sort of like a replacement for deities right um and that sort of became the big thing that was the big draw it was uh titans they created the world they did all this stuff and it very much became that sort of like greek or roman-esque pantheon that you dealt with and 
this is trying to move beyond that and carve out a larger space going back to what they did in I, I think this is finally them trying to catch up with what they started doing with like Chronicle One when they released that cosmology chart that we all right. went crazy for. They're actually trying to use this as a jumping off point because one of the things, and, and I've, I've brought this up a million times, I'll bring it up a million more, is that when you are in this expansion, one of the things that you do is you're moving through everything is your you're bringing these doors down that allow you access to these different realms. Well, one of the things you can do is look up and you see an endless sea of doors and realms. And so they're, they're starting to like actually lean into this concept that the universe is vast. Cause that's one of the, the criticisms I've always had about Warcraft in general is as big as the universe felt, even with going to multiple worlds, it really wasn't that big when you sat back and thought about it because you only went one or two places and you never dealt with anything else. And the first glimmers of anything we had to a, a larger universe was back in Legion when we did the Astromancer fight. And you are literally teleported to look over to different places of the universe. You get hints of it with Koresh. You get hints of it in Karazhan. Now they're actually leaning into it and saying, no, existence is vast and not just like the material plane, but in the afterlife, it touches everywhere. And, I kind of dig that they're they're making it bigger so that they do have that leeway to do more things that they can have a departure from what they've already tread through. It's it's oh, sort of exciting. Another that does basically oh hey we'll go back to this place we've been yeah and and now they can just say well this was a cool idea let's make some place that's better or let's do a different place or let's have let's go to the the place where all everything are fish people or or whatever they they can do whatever they want now and have a justification for it it makes it a lot easier for them to sort of diverge. Now that you're yes, but I have not talked to you in a very long time. Uh, did you see the Diablo Four trailer? Aha! Uh-huh. Because yeah, I that was when I, I was at BlizzCon for for the Diablo Four reveal, and I, I think I think Steve Denner actually said to me straight up that it was a good BlizzCon for me to go to because they That's had awesome. Diablo Four. They had the Diablo Four trailer. I'm I'm super excited for Diablo right now. I I'm I like the thing have you looked is, at Diablo that- Immortal at all? Diablo Immortal looks really cool, and I think it's really fun that um that like it looks yeah it looks good like again. But my thing is like I don't like mm, I like Diablo, but I don't know if I'm still a Diablo player. Really, I don't think I'm a Diablo player. At least not like the Diablo fan base has fractured itself pretty hard. Yeah, um, people who are like, no, if it's not Diablo two, it's not it doesn't count. And I'm yeah, like, no, that's Dude, not- I ain't that guy. I honestly think the reason that I'm not a Diablo guy right now is that I I kind of stopped playing games with the group of people that I was playing Diablo. So Diablo was more of a social experience for you than it was making a hardcore like half to game type thing. Very very much so. Diablo I played because I played with my friends and I could I could chat and have a good time and we could doofy nonsense, right? Right now that is squadrons because we're playing the 5 on 5 ranked mode so it's us us uh us five idiots you know flying around in, in x-wings and y-wings you know pretending pretending to be you know uh, uh you know uh, porkins and uh wedge since this is the 300th episode and since we haven't we got like, tons of time and and no structure talk about squadrons because i have not played it the last star wars thing i played was uh i think i, I played a little of the old republic yeah. Oh, so the Old Republic. Oh, oh, you mean you mean the best one of the best Star Wars four player drop in drop out uh, uh, RPGs of all time. Oh no, it's an MMO. Ah! <laughs> yes, that game. The thing is, is okay. it's not um, a MMO, is it? Like, I mean, I know it is technically, but no, it's an MMO feel- with 
if people had it, played it like it was a single player, they would have been much happier. I played it no, like a single player game. If the company, if 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 what's it called, built it as a four player drop in drop out game, if Bioware made it that way, they would have it would have been a, a phenomenal like pre Destiny looter shooter. Like it is, it is, it would have been great. It, it is the pre, it is the predecessor for Destiny, and so, but they didn't see it. Because they're like, oh no, we got to make an MMO because WoW is still popular, and it's like everyone wants a Star Wars MMO. Star Wars MMO, MMOs suck. They don't make money. They're bad. World of Warcraft makes money because World of Warcraft. I'm gonna go out there and say almost isn't an MMO, right? It took a bunch of the DNA and the early like systems of MMOs, but it is un unbelievably different. It is un unknowable. I think from it's its part- original. I'm gonna, basically, since I like arguing with you. <laughs> I'm going to say that it isn't an MMO because it is. It has divorced itself from a lot of the grindiness. Yeah. Yes. The, the yeah. things that used to define MMOs like EverQuest and, and yeah. the, the where it got its root from, yeah. right? If you, if you define That's an MMO small. as EverQuest if, and it's EverQuest clones and the EverQuest descendants, then yes, World of Warcraft is not an MMO because World of Warcraft no, I- is not that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that is a good thing. I think moving away from the MMO genre and moving more into an experiential expansion-based uh, thing where it's like, hey, welcome to the expansion. Don't worry about spending 40 hours a week with your friends to build relationships and a love of this game. We're going to give it to you right here, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, There's the tension between them. I think that right now they're trying to make it slightly more social again. Yeah. But- that that yin yang push pull. I mean, I can st- I play it with my wife. That's who I play World of Warcraft with. Sometimes I go on raids with my guild, but but I'm not like a. I'm just not a hardcore player. I'm not that kind of player. That's one of the reasons why I think the only other MMO I ever really got heavily invested in was City Heroes. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it was, oh, it was that, very that... social. Yep. Focused on like creative creative character building. Like again, well, City I told you Heroes guys. So, I told you guys Heroes my City so Heroes story, right? I think I've I think I've done it like a, a thousand, thousand times on the store, uh, on the yeah. on the show. What's that? He's he's right there telling the story. So yeah, tell me the damn story. Okay, so City, City Heroes was the, before I got into WoW. That was the game that like owned my life. It was the 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 game yeah, that I was you absolutely were on the forums all the time. Not even just on the forums all the time, but I was I ran the supergroup on the Freedom server that was literally called the Uncanny X Men, and talking about community and social of that game, we used to do things on Monday night where we would have trivia night, and because my supergroup had taken down the Hamidian, had done all the uh, the uh, the end game stuff, and there was nothing to spend influence or inspirations on, or any of the yeah. big like mut- like mutagenic stuff aside from like buying costumes, which we all had maxed out. What we would do is we would do a Marvel trivia night in Freedom in Atlas Park uh, on the Freedom server every Monday for three hours, right. and when that people rules. and when people would answer questions correctly, the first person to send us to tell with the correct answer, we'd give them you know a million influence. We'd give them high end inspirations. We'd give them high end uh, uh, enhancements for their their stuff. Uh, we would you know raffle off uh, like through charity stuff like prove to us that you donated to this charity to enter into the raffle for us to take you on our next Hamidian run and stuff like that. We, we did all that stuff. It got so big that we used to crash the server. Like we were legitimately like anybody who played that game and would see that freedom server would go down on Monday night. That was my guild's doing my super groups doing nice. um, to the point where 
the studio devs and the GMs and everything would actually like participate in keeping things running and helping us keep things sharded and instanced and and running because they loved the event so much as well. As a matter of fact, that's how I met some of my friends in the industry was because they were working on that game and we would run it at the time. That game was a unique social experience that I have never had anywhere else. Uh, and the fact that you're a part of the reason that they got sued by Marvel, though. Oh, yeah, I was a part of that lawsuit, which, yeah, so when that whole thing happened, for those of you that remember, my super group was part of the reason that that occurred, because that got so popular that when people were, like, writing about it, reporting about it, Marvel caught wind of it, and my group was literally the Uncanny X-Men, and part of the thing about being in the group is you had to have a costume that was modeled after one of the X-Men on any of the teams, uh, and it highlighted the fact that, if, and for those of you that don't know, when City Heroes was first being conceptualized, Marvel went in on it. It was supposed to be a Marvel MMO superhero game, uh, and then they pulled out at the last minute, but the game was so close to being done that they just said let's just make it a superhero game let's just make these generic you know superheroes and go for it and make something beautiful and 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 wonderful and they did but they never took out the costume assets and so it was very possible like i was running around like cyclops my number one in command or my number two in command of the the super group ran around as wind rider uh and for those you don't know that's storm uh we had literally every x-men that had ever existed in the 90s across all three teams uh represented in full costume form because you could do it uh so yeah and then we got sued big big, big whoops yeah and then we got sued uh and then uh i give big credit to that to the that studio because they insulated everybody in my guild from or my super group from being personally sued by uh marvel at the time it was they were good people really good people that we're yes. talking since we're talking about that, I thought it was worth mentioning. Well, since we're talking about MMOs and companies making squadrons, <laughs> yeah, let's let's go back to that for a second because I do want to hear about it. What is squadrons? Okay, so I, I've heard about it, but I haven't got a chance to play it. Okay, so remember X Wing versus Tie Fighter or X Wing or Tie Fighter? Yeah. Or any of the, you know, the, the I, early... I lived in the nineties. Yes, I remember it. Yeah, it's that. It's back. The first, uh, the first mission of Squadrons has you scanning cargo containers as a tie fighter like it's it is remade x-wing versus tie fighter for 2020 um it is a flight sim you can turn on the advanced controls that give you like um pinpoint accuracy in terms of like where your shields go where your power goes to your engines to your shields to your guns to that kind of stuff um it is best experienced with the flight stick and the throttle um, it is a full flight sim. Problem is, is a lot of people these days don't know about flight sims, Rossi. Like me and you, we're old, we're old, we're old gamers. Old. You know, we're Jane's flight sims guys who like, you know. I was um, just thinking about like when Microsoft would put out a new flight sim every year for like right. 20 years. And, and a lot of people don't know what happened to flight sims and where, where they went and like, why, oh, why'd the market dry up? Blah, blah. Well, yeah, 9-11 happened. That's what happened. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out that a couple of the terrorists flying actually like practiced and or learned on Microsoft Flight Simulator because it's that good. And so like they didn't make one for a long time. Right? You know, like, you guys know about Kerbal Space Pro uh, Kerbal Space Program. Yeah, Kerbal yeah, Space Kerbal Program was less sophisticated than than MS Flight Sim got near the end of its run. Like it oh, had yeah. less. Yeah. Microsoft, you could yeah. literally learn to fly a plane on yeah. Microsoft Flight Sim. 
Microsoft to the point where if you've, ever taken, like, if you've ever actually gone and taken flight pilot lessons, which I kind of did because my dad had a plane they, when I was a kid. Don't they make you do that first? They, the thing the, the, the thing that they put you in, the pod that it like It runs a version around. of the Microsoft Flight Simulator, yeah, basically. Yeah, it runs a version yeah. of MS Flight Sim. Yep. Cool. It, it, which is funny because what wound up happening is, I don't know if you guys remember back in the day, the... Um, I don't know if they still exist, but when there was the chain of arcades and there were a couple big ones, uh, they were the Palladiums, uh, and they yeah. would they had a flight simulator in each oh, of the yeah. Palladiums that was the exact same thing that they stick you in when you are like doing your prep stuff before getting into an actual plane, so you could actually get into an actual flight sim and like as a regular civilian as a kid uh, with a full 4D experience and go. Because I so Microsoft was really. Microsoft was really worried because Microsoft Flight Simulator X was coming out, right? And it was like, all right, here comes the big new, you know, flight simulator. We're going to see if we can do this now, right? Like, here it comes again. It looks great. It's using, like, Google Maps or something like that. It's, like, gorgeous, right? Amazing flight simulator. Again, as complicated as it as it is, like, it is 100%. You can learn to fly a plane on the new flight simulator. Um, and everyone was worried that, like, they were going to open up this, this, this online mode, the MMO kind of thing aspect of it like the multiplayer where like everyone could fly around a thing and everyone's worried oh my god here it comes like just everyone's just like eyes on the trade towers right everyone's gonna start start 9-11 new york again nope internet uh internet uh uh did a did a massive uh circle around jeffrey epstein's island uh and then <laughs> and then we're screaming out of the plane come out with the kids yeah that's wow so, so if you need to understand where the uh, where the internet and where uh, culture is with regards to nine eleven, uh, it forgot. <laughs> wow, I don't even know what to say to that. Let's let's be upfront here. Nine eleven happened nineteen years ago. Yeah, but, you know the internet has never lived in a world where it didn't happen. That's very true. Uh, that's the thing we keep forgetting because again we're old. Um, but Very there's a old. lot of people online right now who, who are heavily online who are shaping where the internet is going who are sub-18. Yeah. yeah. And they'll, that'll continue to be the case. In 2025, again, it'll still be sub-18 people. Those people will have been born in like 2006. Yeah. And, and that's just going to keep happening. And as a result, yeah, the stuff that seems like so huge and important to us like I, I still remember logging onto a Gopher server to talk to people. I and that, if 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 any of you kids use Discord, by the way, Discord is just fancy IRC. Like, oh, you you guys actually get to choose a name. We had that. we had numbers back then. Don't you forget about that? Yeah. What are names? I had an IC, IC <laughs> this is rapidly to a nursing home interview. <laughs> <laughs> and back in my day. <laughs> The internet was just was your friends, <laughs> and you know, you hung outside and got your vitamin D. I actually one of the things that I've been realizing is people are talking like, "Oh God, it's been so many days. I miss my friends. I miss my coworkers." And I'm sitting there going, "I was born for this." Oh yeah, so I haven't I really caught all. up with you guys. I haven't caught up with you guys. Anything crazy going on like around <laughs> your neck of the woods? I'm going blind. Um, Anything else? No, yeah, but that's been happening for like eight years. What's the other no, thing? Four. Thanks. Oh, four. All right. <laughs> yeah, but um, let me think here. What is actually going on? Uh, I mean, my wife was really sick for a while there. Almost died. Uh, did you Did you get a uh, did, Was it a, Was it a Corona thing or was it like a? Oh no, no. She had, she had a heart problem. Oh, she, she had a heart problem back a couple of uh, years ago. But I mean, this past year has actually been relatively quiet for me. Interesting. Like, because I live in Canada, where we're our right. 
our leaders are not completely insane, but I live in Alberta where our yeah. leaders are insane. Alberta is the Texas of the North. Yeah. So we're so spread out, but at the same time, Edmonton in Alberta is the COVID capital of Western oh. Canada. Like this is the worst place to live if you don't want to get COVID. So ah. I have been doing the thing where I have like, I, I looked at around my life and I realized, wait, I primarily work from home. Yep. All of my hobbies are v various video games that are online. Your life is here, buddy. I don't need to go anywhere. And I have my, I already had all my food delivered. The only time I go out is to get eye injections, which, you know, oh. I mean, nobody <laughs> likes getting eye injections. They're not fun. But, ah. you know, I do that once every couple of months. That's basically it for my excursions into the world. So it's not like they're going to suck that much worse. I mean, I don't like them. And I am, I am really paranoid about every cab ride I take now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Same. It, it, hasn't, it hasn't been too horrible. Certainly not like the United States where you guys, you I don't know what oh. the hell you guys are doing. Oh, oh, no. So, well, in the United States, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Like, uh, uh, people in the United States do not under have mistaken uh, freedom for you can't tell me what to do, <laughs> which is, which is, which is not good. Yeah. No, not. We, we could have an entire, <laughs> we, could have, we could have an entire very yeah. long discussion about that, but yeah. Yeah. But here's my my ultimate thing is I'm going to be wearing the mask from here on out because I haven't gotten a cold in nine months. You know no. what? I, I, I really and I've, I've been saying this from the beginning and I've been saying this because I, I live with somebody who's immunocompromised. I think we should normalize like it should be normal after this. Masks work. There's a reason other countries have been doing it for years with other illnesses. There's a reason. Here, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a thing that really another thing that this thing got, got in my craw, kids. Um <laughs> They just opened a new ride, a new Beauty and the Beast ride at Disneyland in Japan. Okay? I got, I got they're, it. They're, go ahead. They're fully up. They're fully up. They're fully running. You can go to, you can go to Disneyland in Japan. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I got my first Disneyland annual pass in September of 2019. Oh. <laughs> and I, and I, got, I went to Disneyland from September 2019 to January, February 2020 over 64 times. <laughs> I, I can't I, do that. Sophia and the right? I did days of work there. I just took all my work and just said, I'm working from Tomorrowland. And I just did my whole day at Disneyland and when I took a break I went on Space Mountain. Yeah. I I mean it, it was the greatest 4 months of my life and then it died. <laughs> it literally died. Like uh... Disneyland closed. My happy place is dead. I haven't been on Space Mountain in almost a year. I listen to the music and cry. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh but uh, but we enjoy your pain, so a little bit. Yeah, I know. So, Seriously, like, though, yeah. it's weird uh. to see like the entire, like the entire world trying to figure out what it's going to do. Um, and yeah, and no, really, like, is, like companies, a, companies realizing we have to shift to a, like for years we've had the capacity to work from home. But there's a the mentality that people, the, I oh I had I just had this discussion the other day at my nine to five job. It's like this mentality that people won't work from home, and now they're they're starting to see like no people overwork when you allow them to work from home. Like oh sorry yeah the the this whole mentality that you know you have to have a place to all go to work there, and it's like 
the fact that people are like, well, now we can pay people less. It's like, no, you can't pay people less. People still pay rent, you jerks. In fact, people are using up resources that they used to get at work, like toilet paper. Do you know that that's completely changed the toilet paper industry? Yes. The toilet paper industry yeah. is like, well, we're not selling any corporate toilet paper anymore, but we still we sell a ton of regular toilet paper, so we're shifting. That's, why, that's why, and no joke, um, I think it's the, where is it? Um, I think it's the Charmin giant roll so oh no okay look up go to shop dot shop dot charmin.com oh no this is legit like and it's not just charmin like all of the companies have legitimately changed what they produce you look at you could get a home version of the giant thing that goes like that goes in like offices into the into the toilet paper things that is called the forever roll they're just trying to sell you the crap that they can't sell to offices yeah and then and they're and they're not even producing like the smaller grade stuff anymore like they most of them are shifting to the larger production (laughs) stuff trying to bank on people like stocking up like it is it is completely shifted an entire Uh, industry all of my my socialization right now is basically in the games i play like so it's a lot of world of warcraft it's a lot of diablo when i play that it's a lot of basically i i spend as much time in world of warcraft just hanging out and playing dress up because it's 2020 and i spend a lot of my time playing dress up with my dollies Uh, and I don't even have any kind of shame about it, which I really probably should, but I don't. Uh, but what gets me though is, what gets me is like all of the stuff I have to get, I get delivered now, mm-hmm. and it's like I realize that's a privilege. Like I'm, I'm doing, we're doing well enough, but also we live in Canada where there's enough. Because if you pointed out, there's a lot of empty space. The the urban areas, like Edmonton's urban area, is like got like a million people in it. But then you go yeah. thirty minutes. You go thirty minutes out of that urban area, and you are in like there's coyotes prowling, and you know there's nothing. Oh, I got a I got a ring. I got a ring notification uh, the other night. A woman in all caps goes, "I saw a coyote," and that was it. <laughs> you see coyotes like, all the time. Like, I, 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 like one time, right. from, like, wandering around uh, our neighborhood, and we look <laughs> up, and there's like as we're walking our our little chihuahua who. To be I fair, was like, look up. What the, the coyote come flying at you from the yeah, sky? No, it comes running across like a field. Like it's coming down from the highway. So it's coming down a hill and it's running across this field and it just runs past us. And it's like this pale white looking thing because it's, it's fur is very sandy colored mm-hmm. and it's snow everywhere because it's been snowing. So it just runs across like this ghost. And our little dog, who's big for a chihuahua she's a 14 pound chihuahua so for a chihuahua she's superhuman she's like this giant beast but for a dog 14 pounds is not very big she starts barking and it's like grab the dog pick her up and begin we don't run because you don't want to, you don't want the coyote to go oh they're moving away. with purpose you begin moving with purpose yeah, as the Pray. dog is like you know but yeah it's it's just so weird the- to like this world where it doesn't know like you don't know where it's going to be in a year the, the- you don't to be happening like video like video game companies are producing their games entirely from home and the, the, the yeah. and like and it's, i find it really interesting is that like now a lot of more indie projects are starting to get pushed as well because a lot of the indie developers especially in the 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 whole video game market they're not doing that full time it's usually small teams that have other jobs 
Uh, now they have a little more leeway or bandwidth depending on their situation. So we've seen like 2020 for all of its horribleness. And like, this is our last podcast of 2020 folks. Just going to throw that out there. But like for all of its horribleness, it was an amazing year for like indie game releases because like there, there was this extra capacity uh, for good or ill um, that people could work on them and get their projects pushed out. I find that fascinating. Also, like, so many people just playing from home needed these social games that were, yeah. like, really cheap. So, like, Among Us became real big again. And I'm real, real, real good at Among Us because I can say all kinds of BS with uh, You conviction. good good at spinning a yarn and getting people to... No, never. <laughs> dude, dude, I, I played a whole round of Among Us where I just was, like, I would just randomly say... For no reason. Yeah, like, this I, I, person's a problem because of this. And everyone was like, yep, Matt's right. Ejected, not the guy. Yeah, I, I was I was the imposter, and I, ha- I have a pacifist run where I killed I killed nobody, and I, I won because I got them to eject literally everybody but me. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I killed every single person on my ship, and then it was me, another guy, and the imposter. And I look at the other guy, and I go, I don't think it's you. Kill him. And we kicked him out, imposter, and we won. <laughs> But I, I, but I, I think it's fascinating. Like you, because you're right. People are craving those social experiences, right? They're they're craving those games. That's why Among Us. That's why. Um, what's that? People, people, gang beasts. People, people play gang beasts. Yeah, gang beasts. Yeah. Now, um, um, why can't I think of it? Fall Guys. Uh, that, that that's oh, yeah. why these Fall games. Guys is real fun. That's why all these games became so popular, and that's why I think we saw a little bit of a resurgence in not just WoW, but some of the other. Um, in particular, I think Diablo had a little bit of a jump. Uh, towards the end there as well because people were hanging out with their friends and were like what can we do and like, I know I have a local gaming group that they were like hey let's go level characters in Diablo because they just felt the need to to sit on discord and chat with each other while doing it it's also why tabletop games has uh, tabletop- like k-pop stands affected yeah. national elections yeah, yeah. my uh my role in Among Us, by the way, is essentially uh, I'm the crew member who's walking around looking everyone with a loaded gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Like, I can I I'm like, see that. It's just I could be the killer, too. But I'm like out in the open like I'm a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, let's just get this out of the way. I would kill you if I was the imposter. But if you want to win the game, listen to me. Oh man, the the irony of 2022, and I'm just gonna throw this out there, is this was the year before everything happened that I decided I was gonna be more social in meat space, uh, <laughs> and then everything happened, and then I just, oh I, I just retreated back I into am, to online video games. I am so happy that like this, there was so much of a forced change of some things that I really had to work on personally for myself that. Um, I don't know if I would have been able to do if I had not been able to like go into this cocoon for a little while. And I've, yeah. I have emerged a very, very, very different person mentally and, 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 and goal oriented, vision oriented kind of shit stuff. Sorry. That's fine. Um, That's fine. Uh, it's my, it's my susness and my anger. <laughs> um, that like, that like, I feel almost, I feel almost bad because like, especially for me, the pandemic has shown that like, you know, if things are bad for me, like I cannot fathom, nor ever will I be able to fathom how bad it is for people who are actually struggling. And like my mom 
had coronavirus and she had uh her uh, she she was in the hospital for a while um and she was not close to death she's an older older person she's definitely susceptible but she was never like crashing or never had to be like resuscitated or anything like that thankfully um but her heart rate is now permanently like five more beats per minute yeah yeah there's like just cause my, my now my mom's running a little hotter because of coronavirus yeah and i'm like oh, I don't one of my friends who i used to like years and years ago now we were part of a writing collective together oh he got it twice hell, i and- lost former guild members that the only reason i ever remembered i was in these guilds was because they reached out and said hey so-and-so uh, unfortunately died of coronavirus and tagged me in one of the posts. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is one of those years where memories were coming back to people because yeah. so many people were just being lost. Right? Yeah, and, and um, that, that that right there, I think, is, is one of the hallmarks. And I think, like, a lot of people, like, I get why it's such a sensitive subject for so many people because it is. It's a, it's not just a year that's been that that dumpster going down the river on fire. It's that year that you're being having all these memories come up and sometimes in rapid succession. Matt will uh, Rossi will tell you there there were a couple of weeks where I was real bad and I lost a whole lot of people real quick in rapid succession. And it was people that I hadn't seen that I had been meaning to get around to talking to. Uh, and it hit yeah. all, all at once, all like a truck. And I can't imagine how other people are dealing with that too. It's been a weird year as far as that goes. And I think a lot of it has, we've been forced to deal with our humanity in a new and different way. And I think it's, it's terrifying and fascinating. Has, it's has there ever... while talking about this. I'm streaming an image of my night elf standing in front of a flaming, screaming fire of souls. Yeah, I, I was gonna say something. It's pretty. It's pretty on point. <laughs> but I will. No, no. Matt was gonna say something. I want to let him to actually talk. Oh no, I was just gonna say like that. It's interesting because like for me again, like like I am not a I am not a family person. Like I'm not. I didn't. I'm not yearning to see my family and i hear all the people are like it's been hell i can't see my family i can't see things my wife has friends who have like had babies this year so she hasn't been able to say her best friend had a kid at the beginning of the pandemic she hasn't been able to see the kids because almost one right like she's the godmother (laughs) like and so it's insane in a way that like i don't think in my life i have experienced a year where every single person in the on the planet Earth was like, no, <laughs> not this. Yeah, it is weird. I mean, <laughs> I, I I try sometimes to try and drag this around to being about the subject of the show, but let's be honest. This yeah. has been the year that's been completely dominated by this this thing. Yeah, it's, every I mean, everything think, we've talked about, everything we've been doing, even even our games, like it, it's been influenced by it, right? It has. And, gonna say, we haven't seen anything like it since the Spanish flu outbreak, and and we, we didn't, didn't handle that. Yeah, it, yeah, that was yeah, that was a hundred years ago. So we yeah. missed that. But what's really messed up about it is going back and seeing the newspaper articles where people are like wear a mask, damn it. Oh yeah, but you know what? Do you see the cool masks they were wearing though? Oh like, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, people are wearing like cool masks during the Spanish flu. Like they look again, it looks post-apocalyptic and crazy because they're fashioned out of whatever they got. And it's like right after and during World War, like you know, like during and after World War One. Yep. So like A, everyone's rationing stuff, and B, it looks like, you know, it looks cool because like it looks uh it looks old and it looks like, you know, 
like 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 a pre pre modern and pre contemporary. But like at the same time, like something that something that fascinates me is that like when we lived in New York, um, our radiator was really really good, right? Like man, our heater was like pumping out heat. It was so good. Um, and I was like, I was like, why does anyone need this much heat? Like we had to open windows. It would, and it would that's, pump out that much. And yeah. now you know why. Turn, turns out that's what they were invented for. And yeah. no one understands or knows that is that they're actually invented to overproduce heat because during flu season, during the Spanish flu, you wanted to keep the house warm during the winter, but you had to keep the windows open to keep the air circulating so you didn't kill your grandma. Yeah, so that they had to invent a, a way that a heating system, not just a heating system. Yeah, and it's but like, yeah, those old metal radiators that a lot amazing. of us with, but so but didn't know what they were for or why they were so, like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but not even that. But look at the architecture too. Like, I, and this is this is what I went to college for uh, was was architecture. That's why window layout and house placement was like it is, particularly in yep. those those types of states, is to maximize airflow while retaining heat in the winter. It is yep. like you you go to anywhere in New York, you go to New York City, go to Buffalo, go to, to Rochester, and you go to any of those old houses that were, you know, designed and built right around that time. And that's why they're like that. That's why they're shaped like that. That's why those windows open the way they do. Uh, it is that that's why like shutters are a thing on a yep. lot of those houses, even in like a winter, uh, quote unquote, winter band area. It is it is fascinating. Like in the, it, I, we, we don't talk about a lot of the, the nitty gritty of the stuff, but like these things do have a lasting impact and it's going to have My a lasting point. impact on on. You know, we like we talk about games all the time. It's going to have a lasting impact on our gaming experiences for years to come. I saw one thing. One person, one person I, th- I saw recently that I actually thought you two would be good to talk about with this. I read Ooh. an article saying that movies are not going to be the same after this. No, they won't. Well, it's no. Very here's why: blockbusters are dead. Because the blockbuster they, may be they, dead because the movies are dead, like in terms of movie theaters and where you go to do them. But I think, I think, I think it's a death knell in two ways, right? Like. Just like technology killed um, kind of like the recording industry, technology right now is destroying the film industry too. Yeah, right? because so of streaming. I'll give you two. Well, actually. More, uh, more and other stuff. Actually, actually, Lucasfilm is doing it again. Um, so here's the two things. The two things that are killing movies right now are these two things. One is Lucasfilm and the volume, right? The volume is the... Uh, proprietary technology that they film the Mandalorian with, which is essentially a warehouse uh, dome projection screen mm-hmm. that is hooked in, hooked into like an Unreal Five engine that lets you build in real time and film and move the camera in real time uh, backgrounds for actors. Yeah, it's crazy on a set, right? And so Mandalorian looks the way it does. And it's kind of funny. Once you realize that it's filmed in a circle, um, you can start, you can start to see it. Yeah. It has a very theater in the round aspect to it. Yeah. It has a very theater in the round aspect to it. And so you can start seeing it. And I kind of like it now where I can kind of see it because it makes it feel like a play. Um, it feels more like a D and D campaign than a yeah. Star Wars show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which yeah, I yeah. kind of really like about that. It feels more this weird. Well, started this on that weird, because- the last digital there was, there's a movie yeah. called The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yeah. That exact same feeling of being a D and D campaign. It feels very much like a D and D campaign. I really like it. And you know what? 
I, I want to talk about. I, I'm going to throw that out there because I, I we haven't talked nearly enough about tabletop, and I know our listeners are going to be you know Matt and Matt and Joe didn't talk about tabletop stuff at all. Like I I think that's also going to have a lasting effect on it too. Like you're saying that like oh. big big media is or movie theaters or the blockbusters and stuff like that are changing. I think that plays into it too because people with the resurgence of D and D and uh, thanks in part to Critical Role and also the accessibility to uh, play and run games between Roll20, Fantasy Grounds, uh, between D&D Beyond, uh, people are starting to realize that they can get those same sort of big blockbuster experiences at home. Like, they can yeah, make their um, own. <laughs> so, 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 so here's the thing. I, I, I disagree that the home theater experience is ever going to be as good as an experience of oh, going to a place, I agree. seeing a thing with a bunch of people and screaming and having a good time. The issue is, is that, and here's the part two, right? Part one is 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 television and and the miniaturization of television and, and film technology as now, you know, we can make we look. They can put lightsabers on television now, and it looks yeah. good, right? It doesn't yeah. look like a fan film. It looks good. They put lightsabers on TV for cheap, uh, relative cheap. Uh, done, right? Cool. The second thing that's killing the industry is capitalism. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about capitalism. Uh, capitalism is killing the film industry and you're not going to go see good movies anymore in theaters because what was called the mid-budget movie and the low-budget movie are now essentially dead in the water because you don't watch them on Netflix and you don't watch them on Hulu and you don't watch these things that people make. They're made and they're put up there as, oh, we got them on the shelf. Look at all the millions of videos we have that you can watch. And someone's going to go, oh, yeah. man, there's 10 hidden gems you couldn't find on this you, thing. You know, no. I was just talking Here's about that last night. <laughs> go ahead. The reason, and the reason that a mid-budget movie is dead and the reason all these things are dead is because studios don't want to pay to make to make them right because here's the thing look at the film industry in hollywood the film industry in hollywood is very practical right practical effects make better movies period you think you know, the mandalorian is filmed in a in a high-tech cgi you know uh, uh magnificent thing but they also still build the stuff and roll it into the set and do stuff with it and like john knoll the guy who made photoshop like invented Photoshop, um, invented a new camera rig while they were filming season one of The Mandalorian to shoot the ship better in uh, the actual ship because to make the ship move and give it that grittiness to it's it's CGI is a little tough. So they just made a model of it. The yeah. guy who invented Photoshop invented a new camera rig on his own and he did it for free because he was bored, right? Yeah. Like that's why this can happen, right? Not, you know, okay, so then, then, so, so yeah, John Knoll is a guy who's been working in film and technology and, 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 and computers and all this stuff for 40 years, 50 years, right? The guy is huge, crazy, right? The issue is then, <laughs> the issue is then, uh, 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 where's the next John Knoll coming from, right? Where's the guy who does squibs? You know what a squib is? Squib is a fake bullet, yep. right? I'm like, very familiar okay, with that. And when, when you watch a movie like, uh, 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 Scorsese's most recent one. What was it? The 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 gentle gentleman. What was it? Uh, I, it was I haven't watched the Scorsese movie in a few years. It was good. Scorsese's new one was good. And when people get shot, it feels like they're getting shot because they're using squibs. Yep. Go watch any John Wick movie, right? Any they're John using squibs. Wick movie, they're not using squibs. No. John John Wick movies. The Irishman does. The Irishman. The Irishman uses squibs. John Wick does not use squibs. It's all CGI bullets. 
Yeah, and you can and see the difference looked, because, it, like, look at look at the visceralness of the scenes. Are it, it's yeah. while John Wick is good in action, there isn't a whole lot of visceralness yeah. with it. Right? What did I talk about before the concept of what the video. actor has to imagine. Yeah, yeah. And you take yeah. out the more the actor has to imagine. But why did they take out squibs? So partially because of the risk. No, because no, not at all. Because they're too expensive. Because yeah, I was going to say it's it's cost. Because the people who do squibs well are people who've been working in the industry as Hollywood well, professionals doing special effects for over 20, 30, 40 years. They make salaries. They're part of a and union. And not only, not they, only that, but are, think, think about what happens have, when, a squib, yeah. when a squib explodes. You are now dealing with the cleanup from that, the cost of building the squib and doing it right, the costuming cost. Because now if you have to do multiple takes, uh, a lot of times with the, with the squibs would have that, that charge. Sure, sure, sure. But- all that's all that's incidental to the point sure. where computers are less expensive exactly. than a guy who needs to make who needs to make a living and the guy who can do the gunshots in a movie is you know he can he you can pay that guy way less cuz he can do that on a computer for cheap and it looks good enough and so like you're going to get new types of things because a lot of this stuff just doesn't exist anymore old hollywood is for the most part dead the people who do squibs all out of work people who do a lot of that camera work and a lot of that stuff with the old days out of work people who are part of the hollywood unions completely ripped up like you, you the way it works now is 400 different you know cgi shops around the world get different you know, bid for different Marvel scenes. And, and sometimes, Plus, yeah, and, it, and it's not even movies. It's scenes. It's scenes. It's not even movies. It's scenes. And that's why John Favreau is so good at this and why um, uh, Kevin Feige is so good at this because what Kevin Feige actually did was Kevin Feige is not like a brilliant guy in terms of I made this big Marvel thing. Yes, he's brilliant in that way. What he's really brilliant in is this guy found a way to ask for very specific things from a whole bunch of different places and then brought them all into yeah. one place and yeah. cohesively put it all together into something that looks good every single time for 10 years. Yeah. Right? Like that's why the Marvel movies work because they take advantage of and use very convincingly and very good this 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 worldwide network of CGI houses and well, movies. You heard about what happened. That- you guys heard about what happened to the house that did the effects on Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Yep. Yes, they, they got overworked and shut down. Yeah, because that's well, what happens with a lot of these things. You 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 contract out to do a job. You're you're not unionized because these aren't no nope, nope. companies. They unions take it the are dead. Bidder. They do it at the lowest bidder. They're often you know then they're expected to crunch just like you know say the people who made Cyberpunk 2077 or Red Dead Redemption two. They're expected to crunch to get it done. And it's the same problem. You you only get so much viable work out of a human being. People f- don't understand this. If you try and work somebody past a certain point, they cannot function. So well, remember the Matrix. Well, well, like, well, well hold on, hold on. Robot. Let's 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 walk it back just a little bit to go back to something earlier that I think is we, we I, I think is important. Going back to what you were saying, McCurley, about like the the lot of this stuff is sort of like dying and going away. Um, Part of it is that technology, not just the the way that things are going, because there is a there is a, a place for the new CGI and the new technology. There's always going to be a place for it. But the incidental sort of uh, mid range and low budget is gone now because you don't have they don't those. Make money. Well, it's not even that they don't make money anymore. Think, think about this. Uh, I'm old enough to remember video stores, as I'm sure you guys are as well. Um, 
how many times did you go to a video store, look for a specific movie, they were out of it, but you saw something else on the shelf and you grabbed it? That market's evaporating because right now when you go to, you know, Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, you're looking for something specific. How often, and this is something I'm, I'm really curious, and I want to ask you guys, how often do you just pick something randomly that isn't what you were looking for and just throw it Never. on? Never. Exactly. Never. And and the mentality of that, and, I, and I'm I'm sure our listeners are, are a lot of that too. I I do sometimes as well. I make, but I make it a point too, right? Like Netflix has managed to kind of provide a sort of safety net for the mid tier, in that they managed to turn it into a thing where they like they make the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard of, and like it's like Kristen Stewart in her lesbian film. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of it, but it's like they they market these mid tier films as events. Yeah, and get excited about them. And want to go see them, even though they're not like this would have been something that released in theaters made decent, but not spectacular money. Like it would have been Bridesmaids. Remember Bridesmaids? Vaguely. It would yes. have been Bridesmaids was a good mid, good mid mid-tier film. Yeah. Right? yeah, it was good. That's, that's the only place that is kind of saving that kind of thing is Netflix, because Netflix doesn't you have know, a choice. Netflix is losing all the stuff that you get. Like Disney won't let Netflix have their stuff anymore because they're going to have it on their channel. Warner Brothers is going to put it on HBO. Everybody, everybody right. has their own channel now, so places like Netflix have to start making mid-tier stuff to survive. Yeah, yes, uh, and so that's the only place that's that's saving. But the, that. but they the, but they make mid-tier stuff and then push it right. Like that's yeah, that's um, that's their well, thing. What the three seasons and canceled when they do TV series, they mm-hmm. they go three seasons and then they're done. Because they don't want to deal with the syndication rights after three seasons. Yep. And yeah, that's again, capitalism, you know, it's capitalism again. It's like, Remember, when, which, movies, you know, which, which I think and is, I abs- still, yeah. sorry, but I think it's I fascinating still- to circle it back to like video games is I, I almost feel like the opposite is starting to occur there. Like we're starting to see more mid and, and low tier, for lack of a better term, start to find purchase because of everything that's going on. And so we're starting to get like a, a whole different shift. Like for years before this, and, and Matt and I have talked uh, about this a lot with like the Assassin's Creeds and, and things like that, where like you had these major releases that were milestones and maybe occasionally you'd have a small budget game or an indie game or a mid-tier game that would like catch attention, uh, you know, but like you would have your Assassin's Creed and then you would have, uh, you know, send it a sacrifice and you know, that was a mid-tier game that I think is actually very good. And people would not hear about it necessarily because it was always that big budget game was getting the push. But now, you know, with all these different platforms, and I think despite of it, despite of like streaming and, and everything else, like when you look at all these different game platforms now, as much as you may love or hate Epic Games, the fact that they're giving some of these games away for free, uh, like every day, uh, Steam, you know, has always done like ridiculous sales and stuff like that. But now they're starting to do things where they're trying to do like curator queues and starting to try to push a lot of these mid-tier stuff. There's now a market for, for that sort of uh, budget entertainment now that wasn't necessarily there and people are starving for that content so now they can right. do that when they couldn't do it before but but the ultimate goal of most indie developers and things like that are to build their own things build their own studios or go work for a big studio yeah right? exactly like ultimately yeah. ultimately like everybody wants to work on the big thing with the big people who have the most resources to do the cool thing right like even now, like the Among Us team is is getting big because they need to because you know it's it, it has to grow. The Fall Guys team, Mediatronic, mm-hmm. like they those guys, like Mediatronic. Do you guys know like that that company? That's the company that made 
Potiful Boyfriend. Yeah. Like yeah. the the yeah. pigeon the pigeon dating simulator, right? Like that's the that's the game kind tycoon, of the reason that the game tycoon game is so popular among game developers. You know, that's that is the dream that you're talking about. That is what they're trying to do. Everyone kind of in the secretly back of their heads wants Microsoft to come buy their thing and they can become notch and they can say horrible crap online and you know have to have billions of dollars. That's also that's, uh, yeah, no. Uh, also, I would say that um, uh, just responding to something in the chat, uh, that's like saying that eventually all uh, all food will be hamburger. Yes, there, there's a yes. reason that there's a reason that's a trope in a lot of sci-fi, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> all food will be all food will be hamburger if capitalism gets its way. There's a reason that Taco Bell was the only Eat. restaurant you to in in demolition and 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 to sort of like and going off the chat to to six thousand has a point where like yeah the new new tools aren't the cause of the problem there is innovation that can be had with those tools decide which tool that's the thing right but those tools do provide a um they do provide it out it's money easy out right it's always money money it's easy out it's oh i can do the thing for this when in reality you should probably be constrained like xyz for instance there's a good example of christopher nolan becoming a good filmmaker after the first batman movie because he was a bad filmmaker before that didn't know what to do with the camera and was nuts right i mean like throw that camera around tons (laughs) of close-ups everywhere memento what (laughs) sorry Then and then you hit and then you hit. I'm 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 trolling around with you. And then you hit Batman with the Joker. And what was that one? A Batman Returns. Dark Knight. Dark Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Um, the Dark Knight. So what happened with the Dark Knight was Christopher Nolan wasn't allowed to use the cameras that he usually used. Right, his handheld stuff. He wasn't allowed to do any handheld stuff because. That was the first movie that they used. Uh, they filmed primarily in IMAX, right? Mm-hmm. And IMAX has a different a different framing, which forced Nolan to film that movie in a completely in a way different that he way. Film movies, and he actually had to go back to the old technology and the old screen techniques and stuff, and the old filming techniques because he didn't have the CGI added. Um, handy cams and the stuff to fix it in post kind of stuff because he had to film with this special IMAX camera. It was heavy. You couldn't pick it up. Uh, uh, all of the uh, the data going into the thing had to uh, have a different um, screen resolution. And it's not like 16 by 9. It's like a different IMAX thing. So like the way he frames shots is completely different. You'll notice like shots in the dark night are all like static with people moving in them and action happening versus like um the first batman in his trilogy which is like up and in your thing and batman's like fighting with the, the hands and fists like everywhere like real close up so like for me the new technology forced people to go back to the like it always comes back to doing it with your hands right like even with all the cgi in the world like augments everything the technology continues to augment things there's still a guy in a suit right final so, fantasy that movie hold, hold. and everyone's like actors are done we don't need actors anymore it was trash right like we're always going to need people because the uncanny valley is always going to exist I, as long as we understand what an uncanny valley is i'll throw that out of this out here too but we, we're gonna i think we're gonna have to call it uh because we're actually at our time limit here in a, in a moment but like yeah oh it's been we've been going for for an hour and a half my friend um but oh. Yeah, the the it, the interesting thing about that is I have this discussion a lot with uh, modeling and painting as well, because one of the things that was said was that like 3D printers are going to kill like, you know, the hands on thing. And it didn't. It didn't because the hands on things have shifted and you started using the technology that way yes. 
so that sculptors learned to sculpt in digital. It's a very yeah. interesting thing. But and I, I, I was going to well, say, if you have no, one one quick thought, then we're going to have to call it. Go ahead. I was going to say, you still, have to, you still have to be good at making the models to yes. make a model that looks good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Yeah. Wait, however, that's going to be the end of 2020, the end of the podcast for this year. We're going to come back next year. Don't worry about that. Except yeah, you're not getting rid of me yet. Early won't be back. Until he feels like coming back sometime, you know, we might have him again. I, so, I, honestly, I think honestly, it's I or we could, you know, we could, you know, but, we'll have an argument about something next week, and then 2024 we'll be ready to talk again. That's right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll be back in 2024 after the after the world has ended again from the fourth super pandemic. Um, uh, all we're eating, all we're eating is hamburger, and uh, and the only Blizzard game left <laughs> is well. uh, thanks. To thanks to my patronage is uh, the new World of Warcraft expansion. World of Warcraft. Garrosh was right. <laughs> I was waiting for it all day. Yes. Honestly, at this point, he almost was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you've got a question for next week's or future Blizzard Watch podcasts. Please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast to Blizzard Watch. Or you can hop on our Discord and go to our Patreon Q and podcast questions channel or our Q questions channel and you can head us up there as well. Uh, Joe, you got anything to say before we leave? I just got our standard outro. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Uh, And on a personal note, thank you guys for sticking with us for 300 episodes. Thank you for sticking with us, hopefully, for 300 more. While you're thanking people. Let's thank Matt. Uh, thank you for showing up, man. It's uh, been weird. The <laughs> least I can do, literally. <laughs> Actually, the least you're going to do is not to do. Yeah, it at you could. You could have told me no. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, that, that, that's not. That's not cool. But I am only sorry that I did not have a kazoo ready for you. <laughs> oh man, I don't. Here's the thing, man. I. Uh, yeah, I bought a harmonica to try to learn to play the harmonica, and that's like the only thing I have, like instrument-wise, I can blow. And I don't even know where that is because we just moved. Yeah. <laughs> that's a shame. That's like All the right. new, the new outro. Like, ah! <laughs> God. All right, everybody, thank you for being here. We'll be around next week. Take it easy. Bye, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.